prodigal, welcome. We are so glad you decided to join us today. Last week we finished up our John 3.16 series, so if you missed any of those, head to our website or app to check them out. Over the next two weeks, John is going to be highlighting some of the amazing works on the other side of the world and God's heart for missions. Next week on the 26th is Baptism Sunday. If you haven't joined us for one of our baptism services, you are missing out. It is one of my favorite Sundays of the year. We can't wait to hear some stories from people in our church and celebrate baptisms with them. Our Love the World auction is coming up on Friday, March 3rd. Check out this video for some more details. Greetings. We can't wait for our first ever Love the World auction that's coming up on Friday, March 3rd here in Fresno. There's going to be a dessert auction, silent auction, live auction, entertainment, and dinner. It's gonna be a night that you won't forget. You can buy your tickets today or sponsor a table at prodigalchurchfresno.com slash auction. We can't wait to see you there. If you'd like to give to Prodigal, you can do so by heading to our app or website. There you can click the giving tab. You can also give in the foyer on your way out of service at the giving kiosks or with the giving envelopes. Thank you so much for your continued support and generosity. We're so glad you guys joined us today and have a great Sunday. I have gone to Africa eight times in my life and I'm gonna go again. And typically in preparation for a regular Sunday service, I spend a great deal of my time reading the scriptures, reading commentaries on them, then learning how people have applied the Bible over the past several hundred years. But for this week's preparation for my sermon today, I've spent the majority of my time reading journals of my time in Africa over the past 23 years and reflecting on my experiences there. And so today, you're going to hear a lot of stories. Uh, stories of me, stories of others who I have served alongside of in Malawi, Africa. And you'll see a thread throughout, a thread of Jesus's heart for you, for me, for men and women and boys and girls on the other side of the planet. My first trip to Africa uh, was when I was 19 years old and I was there for six months. And when I first got to Malawi, I thought that I was gonna learn the language in an entire week. And so uh, I only know even now a small amount of phrases. And so the first day we met so many people and the names of the people themselves were very difficult to pronounce, okay? One guy's name was Achimange. And uh, we had a language, short little language lesson on how to greet people. And then we were off to a walk through this forest to visit a church. I was young and I was eager to kind of apply what I had just learned. And so as we would pass people on the dirt road, I would greet them in their native language, except for the fact that after leaving our village, I confused the Malawian greeting with one of the Malawian names that I had just learned, okay? Achimangane was a person. It was somebody's name. But for some reason I thought it was, how are you? And so the next 15 minutes was really, really awkward, okay? I would go up to villagers and I'd be like, Achimangane. Achimangane, Achimangane, you know. It's the equivalent of me going up to somebody, greeting every single person with the name Sebastian. Okay, Se Sebastian, Sebas, okay. It got weird. Uh, one time we were at a secondary school and the headmaster, which is a really cool way of saying principal, I think it's much cooler, but that's what they call it in Malawi. And so the headmaster asked us if anybody had a joke, they would start our time together. 
Now, I knew that it would be very difficult for humor to translate into their culture. And so none of us really said anything except for Catherine. Bless her heart. She said, I have a joke. And I thought to myself, oh no, this is where it's going to get weird. She starts with, there's this chicken and it wants to cross the road. Wait, wait, that's not how it goes. Um, first of all, how do you butcher this joke? Okay, she does. She finally says, why did the chicken cross the road? And then these teenage Malawians are silent. And then Catherine says, to get to the other side. And just kind of like presents it like it's this amazing statement. It's silent, okay? It somehow got quieter in that classroom after this joke. And the awkwardness in the room was so thick that I could cut it with a knife, okay? I was cringing. And then out of nowhere, a hand goes up. A Malawian student raises his hand to break through the awkwardness. And Catherine gladly calls on him um, so that the attention could be off of her. And then he said, the chicken crossed over the road to get some food. I'll never forget it, okay? Names don't translate well. Jokes don't translate well. The language barrier is real. And there is a language barrier there, and there is a culture barrier there. And the same is true for Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost. Pentecost is a holy holiday in the Christian calendar. It has been celebrated for almost 2,000 years. And it is the day the Holy Spirit of God fills the people of God. Jerry Vine said this about Pentecost. It is said that the average Christian and the average church are somewhere bogged down between Calvary and Pentecost. They have been to Calvary for pardon, but they have not been to Pentecost for power. Bethlehem means God with us. Calvary means God for us, but Pentecost means God in us. Let's read the origin story of Pentecost together today. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 says this, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our native languages. The Spirit came down into the lives of the believers, and what was once unknown became known. What was once foreign has now become local, and it is the great reversal. Reversal of what? It's, it's the reversal of the Tower of Babel, okay? Some of you might be familiar with this story found in Genesis chapter 11, okay? Written at least 1,500 years before the day of Pentecost. It was this extremely familiar story to the early believers at the time, okay? Uh, the Tower of Babel was this ancient story that explained to Israel why there were so many languages on earth. See, there was a time when, 
when all the people of the earth spoke the same language and they refused God's call to be fruitful and multiply and to spread out. And so they said to themselves, let's make a great tower that stretches to the heavens. And then this will make us famous and keep us from being scattered across the world. And as they were building it, the Lord confused them by giving them each different languages. And so being unable to communicate, they quit building and began to scatter across the earth and settle. And Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 is to be the great reversal of the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11. Babel displayed arrogance and pride. Pentecost displayed the power of love. Babel divided people through language. Pentecost united people through language. Babel brought confusion. Pentecost brought peace. Babel shows us man full of himself. Pentecost shows us man full of God. Babel brought the destruction of the tower. Pentecost brought the foundation of the church. These two stories, written at least hundreds and hundreds of years apart, see, they're connected. The great reversal in 2000, we were at an Anglican church in Mozambique. Okay, spent most of my time in southeastern Africa in Malawi, but I did spend a couple of months in Mozambique, the country next door. And Mozambique was a Portuguese colony. Okay, so they spoke entirely different languages, different tribal languages, and different official languages. And the school I was a part of was called a discipleship training school, okay, or DTS. And at this church in Mozambique, I was called the share some of the things that I have learned at our DTS, okay, 19 years old. One of my first sermons. Uh, and uh, so Mozambique, as a Portuguese colony, my, my, my sermon was to be translated from English to Portuguese to Yao, which was their tribal language in the area. So I would say something in English about my DTS. Then one translator would translate it into Portuguese, and then the other translator would speak it into Yao. And as I'm speaking, the very beginning of my message, both of the translators are looking at me and they're looking at me weird, okay? They're whispering to each other. There's a little bit of uneasiness that I could sense in the crowd. And so maybe I'm not speaking loud enough. Maybe I'm not bold enough. And so I ramp up the volume, okay? I bring out the little Southern preacher accent. I gotta testify how God has given me an increase and what God has been done in me can be done in you. There's still some whispering. Then the translators draw near to me and then they tell me something. They say that the acronym DTS in English may work really, really well. But in Portuguese, it translates to STD, okay, STD. So here I am, preaching away. I've experienced a lot in my STD the past few months. More than I can describe, okay, they're quiet. I ramp it up, and everything I got from this STD, I want to share with you, amen? That's why it got weird. So there was a clarification. Now, names don't translate well. Jokes don't translate well. Abbreviations don't translate well. Do you know what does translate to every language, 
to every culture, love. Love is the universal language. Love transcends all barriers. Whenever I have been to Malawi, I, I never blended in. In fact, we always stuck out like a sore thumb. Most of our team members were white. And after coming to Malawi, the first word you learn in Chichewa is the word for white man, okay? It is Azungu. You walk through a village and the kids will say, Azungu, Azungu. And at times it's like a parade, like the kids will line the street and they're chanting, Azungu, Azungu. And at first it was like, well, hello, I guess I'm a, guess I'm a big deal. But that wears off really fast and eventually it gets to be like Azungu and you're like, yeah, I get it, I'm white, I know. But as you serve them, as you bless them, as you love them, you are no longer Azungu. You are Jesus to them. We served at an orphanage called Tiamike Mulungu Center. There are over a hundred children there. I watched as a father dropped off his newborn son in tears. He said that my wife died in labor and we have other children to care for. I cannot care for this one by myself. Please take him. And he cried hysterically. There is an orphan crisis in Africa. And these hundred kids, they brought so much joy. We played games with them. We dug toilets for these kids. We shared Jesus with these kids. The women in our group would stay up all night changing and washing the cloth diapers constantly for all the newborn babies that they had. One time while serving at Tiamike, we experienced something that only happens once a year. See, most of the children don't know when their birthday is. And so each year, they would throw one big birthday party for all the kids. Each girl got a little beanie baby and a piece of candy. And each boy got a small truck or car and a piece of candy. And as they ripped open the presents, they had more excitement than any kids I've ever seen. They would show me the toy, and I'm like, that's awesome. And then they would carry it around like it was a treasure. That's what love does. Love throws birthday parties for orphans. Love digs wells to provide water. Love stays up all night long holding babies. Love transcends barrier, every barrier, every wall, every nationality. And in drawing near to those in need, in drawing near to those that you are serving, you are also drawing near to God himself. Matthew 25. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the, the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you in sick or in prison and visit you. And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one 
of the least of these brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. When you serve people, when you give to people, when you bless others, when you are kind to someone who doesn't deserve it, in a very real way, you are being kind to Jesus. And, and they are Jesus to you. And not only that, you're Jesus to them. Many of the trips, most of the trips that I have taken um, to Africa, I've been helping lead teams of 20 to 30 high school and college age students. And leading up to the trip, we talk a lot about poverty and, and some of the things that they're going to experience, but you're never sure how these kids are going to react, okay? We had this one time, we had these two 17-year-old girls who were well-liked, okay? They were, they were popular. They were really into their appearance. I wasn't sure how they were going to respond. And on our way to Malawi, we had to overnight in Ethiopia, okay? So we've got these 12, 13-hour flights. We finally get to Africa, we get to the airport, and then we've got to kind of get into these minibuses to get to our hotel. And everyone's kind of excited. They're all excited for this adventure. And the girls are bubbly and giggling, and we're getting into this minibus. And these two little boys come up to the van while the sliding door is open, and they hold out their hands asking for money. And these two girls were the closest to them. They don't know what to do. And before we knew it, the, the door is closed and the driver is pulling away. These two girls uncontrollably put their face in their hands and began to cry. Overwhelmed by the moment that they had just experienced by their first two minutes on the continent of Africa. I think back to my first trip to Malawi, Africa in 2000. In that first month, we arrived, it was the rainy season, and it rained all the time. And we would ride in the back of trucks. Uh, see, riding in the back of a truck, there were no laws against that, okay? That wasn't illegal. And so we're in the back of trucks, we've got this clear tarp on us, and we pull over in a town called Limby. And I lift up the tarp for just a moment, and a Malawi man approached me. And he held out his hand and asked for Malawi money. It was called Kwacha. And he said, Kwacha, Kwacha. And I just said, no, no. And he walked away. And in that moment, I remembered the phrase in the book of Matthew, that if you've done it to the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you have done it unto me. And as he turned around to look back at me in the truck, I thought it was Jesus. So I ran down. I got all the kwacha that I had and I gave it to him and I ran back and got back under the tarp. I'll never forget it. This heart that God has for loving others, helping others, serving others, serving the least of these, didn't just start in the New Testament with Jesus. It goes all the way back. The prophets declare in Jeremiah chapter 22, he gave justice and help to the poor and needy and everything went well for him. Isn't that what it means to know me, declares the Lord. Isn't that what it means to know me, to give justice and help to the poor and needy? That's what it means to know God. When I was 19, I had my first marriage proposal. I was in Malawi, we went to a village. We were visiting with several families 
And then our translator started to say, no, 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 no Zikamo, no Zikamo. And everyone kind of almost giggled. And I said, what are, we, what are we saying no to? And they said that this woman is offering her daughter to you in marriage because she thinks her daughter would have a better life in America with you. And at 19, like, like I thought it was kind of funny. Wow, I almost got married on my first trip to Africa. But at 42, being a dad, like I don't even have categories for that anymore. The desperation and the poverty experienced by that family that they would even consider giving their child away to even ponder it, it's heartbreaking. Jesus is for that family. Jesus provides for that family. When this family prays every night for God to provide, Jesus is for them. Jesus is with them. Jesus answers their prayers. It's one of our core values here at Prodigal that Jesus has a particular heart and concern for the poor and the suffering and the oppressed and the disenfranchised in our world, and so should we. So we're doing an auction to raise money to make a difference for Malawi, Africa. God is going to use me, and God is going to use you in answering the prayers of provision for so many families, brothers and sisters on the other side of the world. And there's two weeks until this auction. So help us. Help us make a difference. You can donate silent or live auction items. You can donate desserts uh, the week of. You can help sponsor the event with a large donation so that all the upfront costs are taken care of so that every penny donated can go much further. You can purchase tickets online, sponsor table, invite your friends. All this info is on our app and our website. It's easy to forget when we're doing this fun stuff and this fun theme and it's gonna be good food and good items. It's just easy to forget the reason why we're doing it. And the reason why we're doing it is to bless people, to love people in a very practical sense, to love Jesus on the other side of the world. 2 Corinthians 5, 19. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. What a beautiful scripture. Jesus on the cross, reconciling the world to himself. Who said that Jesus is the only one who does the reconciling? It says here that he gives us this wonderful ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation. That is a part of the gospel. A key part of the good news of Jesus. The very first team I led back to Malawi was in 2004. Uh, I was a youth pastor and we took 30 high school and college students and we were at a church service in the township of Durandi. The pastor spoke this incredible message. And when he was nearly done, he went a different direction. And I believe that the Holy Spirit led him this way. He shares about the first Azungus, or white people, who came to Malawi many years before. He said that these Azungus called the Malawians monkeys. And he shared about how some of the horrible things that were done to the Africans across the continent and the discord between white and black. 
And someone from the Netherlands stood up from among the crowd, walked to the stage, grabbed the mic, and he repented on behalf of his country. He was followed by an Englishman who did the same, repented and prayed for forgiveness and asked for forgiveness. And I followed behind him. I too repented. Then this Malawian pastor also asked for forgiveness. We were like, why? He said, because the very first white people in Malawi were killed by Malawians. At this point, there wasn't a dry eye in this small mud brick house. The church was crying, but yet there was this joy, this, this unity that permeated the atmosphere. I'll never forget it. The white men calling the Africans monkeys, the, the Malawians killing the white man. This, this was the Tower of Babel all over again. And the reconciliation and unity displayed in that church service was Pentecost. The spirit of empowering the people of God. Pentecost all over again. Love transcending nationality and economic status. Love leads us into the least of these in the world. God is there. Reconciliation. Our first ever Love the World auction is a way for us to love the least of these. Would you help us? God, help this auction in our lives to make a difference, not only in our city, but in our world. Thank you, God, that your heart is for the hurting and the suffering and the oppressed and the disenfranchised in our world. And God, help our heart to be there as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Now that's our prayer. Our prayer that, that we would see those in our office, that we would see those in our workplace, that we would see those um, that we maybe even dislike as Jesus, and that we would treat them the way we would treat God. Those who bear the image of God, may we treat them as if they were God. And in so doing, we are showing our love for Jesus. That is the best way to show our love for him, by loving those who bear his image, whether we like him or not. We want to thank you so much for joining us online at Prodigal Church Fresno. There is less than two weeks away to our first ever Love the World auction. We hope and pray that you would buy tickets or donate or help sponsor because it really will make a huge difference for God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. We pray God's blessing on you. Peace in Ukraine.